You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. I actually really liked this scene. I like the actor playing War and Peace. He, yeah. He's got that kind of like sexy bad boyness about him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really liked this whole, this whole... This hole. Oh, that's... <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sound the alarm. Welcome to another episode of Non Plus, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Non Plus, a mischief media podcast. Hello, everyone. We are kicking off Superhero September. Yeah. Uh, and we thought, what better way to do it than with a fun back to school romp? But we'll get into that in a minute. First up, as usual, We've got some new stuff over at MischiefMerch.com. Yeah, they've got some part-time superhero apparel that's inspired after She-Hulk. Yeah, some fun new sportswear. Yeah, it's super cool. And we've still got um, all this hot ghoul stu- summer stuff. And to that point, they if you need spoopy stuff, yeah. Mischief Merch is the place to get it. They got a lot. They got a lot. They've got Chugi Millennial Witch uh, I was about to say content, but apparel. We've got some Halloween is my personality apparel. I myself am strange and unusual, which is a Beetlejuice reference. Yeah. A quote, the Raven sweatshirt, a bunch of Hocus Pocus inspired stuff as well. All that and more. So good. At mischiefmerch.com. If you get that new She-Hulk inspired apparel or any other Marvel stuff or any nonplus stuff, you can use the code nonplus10 at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Yeah. Um, as you're hearing this. It's uh, D23, I think maybe also Disney Plus Day. Something like that. I don't know. I think it's September 8th is Disney Plus Day, but yes. Yeah, then that's, yeah, that's as this stuff is coming out. So Disney Plus Day will have just happened. Mm -hmm. D23 is happening this weekend. Yeah. If you're there, great. Uh, Feel free to tag us in any photos. 
Um, we'd love to see them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but because we're, uh, you know, hobbyists, we don't have any kind of advanced knowledge. So yeah, we, we don't know anything. I expect that as you're hearing this, we're very excited about whatever Marvel or Star Wars announcements are happening at D23. Absolutely. All righty, Clancy. Uh, let's get into it. But first, as always, our research comes from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Box Office Mojo. All right, Clancy, what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about Sky High. Yes, it was released July 29th, 2005, and runs at a brisk 100 minutes. Yeah. It's directed by Mike Mitchell, who also did Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Bless. Yep. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. Yes. And he also did the Lego movie, too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Written by Paul Paul Hernandez, Bob Schooley, and Mark McCorkle. Now, those last two yeah. are a writing duo who have also done Kim Possible, uh, The Penguins of Madagascar, Monsters vs. Aliens. A lot of Disney stuff. Return of Jafar. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. After having watched this. For sure. Yeah. And the casting, I noticed this in the credits, was by Allison Jones, and I only pulled this out. And noted it because she cast The Office oh. and a bunch of other com like she's apparently in the biz, one of the best casting agents because she always knows the perfect people for roles. That's delightful. Yeah. And this was, I mean, albeit casted very well. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's go through these. Yeah. Here's the cast. We've got Michael Angarano as William Will Theodore Stronghold. He's the guy from Minx. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got Danielle Panabaker as Layla Williams. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Gwendolyn Gwen Grayson, a.k.a. Royal Pain. Spoiler alert. Patrick Warburton provides her voice when she's in her suit. Stephen Strait as Warren Peace. DJ Daniels as Ethan Bank. Kelly Vitz as Magenta Maj Lewis. Nicholas Braun as Zachary Zach Braun, a.k.a. Zach Attack. Uh, Malika and Khadija Hawk as Penny Lane. Yep. Jake Sandvig as Lash. Will Harris as Speed. Linda Carter as Principal Powers. Hell yeah. Bruce Campbell as Tommy Boomowski, a.k.a. Coach Boomer, a.k.a. Sonic Boom. Kevin Heffernan as Ron Wilson. Kurt Russell as Steve Stronghold, a.k.a. The Commander. Kelly Preston as Josie DeMarco Stronghold, a.k.a. Jetstream. Cloris Leachman as Nurse Specs. Jim Rash as Mr. Grayson, a.k.a. Stitches. Dave Foley as Jonathan Boy, a.k.a. All-American Boy. And Kevin McDonald as Professor Medulla, the mad science teacher. Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. Yeah. Great comedy chops. Absolutely. The late Kelly Preston as oh, um, yeah. Stronghold. It's, she passed in 2020 from breast cancer. Bless her heart. Sucks. Um, she was married to John Travolta. And uh, in respect of her memory, that's all we'll say about that. Yep. Um, I did not hate this. I you hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it. Um, I didn't hate it either. I thought that it was fun. I thought that it was well paced. Yeah. And, and albeit, you know, it's uh, there are better comic book movies now. This isn't that bad. No, especially not at for all. something that's not based on any there's, any there's, existing yeah, like comics. There's no source material no. per se. I definitely saw this in theaters when it came out. Okay. But that's, I haven't watched it since. So it was um, a nice bit of a refresher. Yeah. I, my, I couldn't recall hating it. And like I said, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I remembered liking it as much as I think I did. Anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go.
Will Stronghold is the son of two of the world's most famous superheroes, Steve the Commander and Josie Jetstream Stronghold. As he prepares for his first day at Sky High, a high school for superheroes, he reveals to his bestie Layla Williams that his powers have yet to manifest. Upon arriving at Sky High, freshman orientation is led by senior Gwen Grayson, who Will instantly falls for. Later, Coach Boomer separates the kids into two groups, heroes, the popular kids, and sidekicks, the not-so-popular kids. Layla, who can control plants, refuses to show her powers in protest against the system and is put with the sidekicks along with Will. After a heart-to-heart with the school nurse, Will is encouraged by Layla to tell his parents, but upon returning home, Steve takes him to his secret sanctum, the hero's hideout and museum, which holds trophies of their conquests. Not wanting to ruin his dad's dream of the three of them becoming the world's greatest superhero family, Will decides not to reveal the truth. Unbeknownst to them, Steve and Josie's latest souvenir, an eye from a giant robot, is still functional and is being used by a villain to spy on the sanctum. I think that's the first time I've ever seen the word unbeknownst written out. (laughs) Um, It looks weird. It looks like it's German. (laughs) Anyways, I just thought that was funny. I love this comic book art style. At the this beginning. intro is super cute. They use the right font for like uh, comic book text. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love a bit of exposition with context. Mm-hmm. It does strike me as odd for a child to grow up being familiar with what his dad looks like in tights. Yeah. That struck me like that would. Yes, that would be weird as an experience. Yeah. But then that's uh, contrasted <sighs> with. Will on his, you know, uh, workout bench in his bedroom in those great sweatpants. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. I mean, it was a choice. It, I'm pretty sure he was 18 during filming, so I don't feel too bad about pointing it out. But yeah, still. For, sh- for sure. I mean, it, it's uh, I think it's weird that he's been trying to hide that he doesn't have powers. Right. And it's at what point did like his dad or or even his mom be like, you know, hey, we, we've noticed that you haven't been able to do any of these things that we are able to do or been able to show what his powers are. Like, if you scratch that too much, this movie doesn't happen, though. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I would have preferred maybe a scene where it it shows him maybe having super strength or whatever, like like it's an accident or something like that, or it makes it look like he's got super strength, but then doesn't. I don't know. I guess the way that they did it is fine. That's literally the whole bedroom scene is he's pretending to his father that he is is strong and he isn't actually. That's that whole scene. Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, hey, Dad, just trying to get a few sets in before school. Low weights, high rep, huh? Good thinking. Don't want to bulk up. Nah, call more for definition. Big day, huh? Well... I just want you to know how proud I am that you'll be attending my alma mater and someday following me into the family business. Real estate? Right. Real estate. It just seems like a day before school, or sorry, day of school. Is a th- bit late to be having that conversation. Absolutely. Yes. And that's and that's where I think I had a little bit of a, a, a little bit of an issue with it starting off. But honestly, small potatoes comparatively. Well, right, because then suddenly you're in the wrong school. Like, what if he never manifested those powers? I guess it's still beneficial for someone who is the ch- just like Ron. Sure. Who is the child of two powered people to learn how to support heroes. Right. But that's almost like being put at like the smart magnet school for STEM kids, but you're a fine arts person. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he's in the right place. No. And it seems like if he knew it, he was like... But that's the trope with these kinds of stories. He's a fish out of water and he has to come into his own. F- fair enough. It worked. I think that's why it works. I think that's yeah. why critics were okay with it. We'll get to it. Layla shows up. She's super cute. This is Danielle Panabaker's film debut. Um, you wouldn't know it. She's killing it. But she comes in. She sets up the sort of politically aware feminist hippy dippy flower child vegan because her mom can talk to animals and they don't want to be eaten. Good morning, Mrs. Stronghold. Morning. I noticed you had some recyclables in the trash. I took the liberty of moving them for you. Thank you, Layla. You hungry? I've got plenty of eggs, bacon. No, thanks. You know how my mom can communicate with animals? Apparently, they don't like being eaten. How about some juice? Great. Yeah, they go real hard into that. Eggs are not live animals. No. Like, they're not, the eggs are not talking. Now, I can understand you being like, well, a chicken laid that, and maybe the chicken said, like, please don't eat my eggs or whatever. But even at that point, that chicken hadn't been fucked, and that egg isn't fertilized anyway. Absolutely. And so at we've that, had this discussion it, before. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's the chicken or the egg. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this Truly. is this is where it's at. But I do understand the bacon. Yes. I don't know. Also, this scene, I just couldn't. The way that she delivered the line about breakfast, I suddenly flashed to Jerry's retirement on Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> eggs, bacon, and toast. Eggs, bacon, and toast. Why don't you start your day the doggish way with eggs, bacon, and... Oh, meat, toast. <laughs> but super cute setup for the, fr- like, sort of your primary characters here, the primary mm-hmm. love interest. And then I, we we start here at the very beginning with the sort of cheeky references, not just to Batman, but specifically to the sixties. Yeah. Batman, because as the parents go into their sanctum, the bookshelf opens and there's fire poles that they slide down. Yeah. I loved it. I, cause I grew up on syndication sixties, Batman, not really giving a shit that three different women were playing Catwoman. <laughs> We've got the poster in the living room of yeah. um, Julie Newmar. I just I, these references throughout the film were phenomenal to me. And then I have the note that Maxville kind of looks like downtown Long Beach <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I, there's also speaking of references. There's the trouble that's going on. There's big trouble. Thank you, Mayor. There's trouble downtown. Big trouble downtown. Vague allusion to big trouble in little China. A little bit. It's definitely intentional, but it's just like, okay, no, no children are getting that, but, but that's fun. As they're flying to take on this giant robot. And I love this mix of photography and it's almost like a puppetry 3d stop motion. Like that, that robot yeah. is definitely like a, you know, maybe two foot maquette. There's a lot of criticism that I saw in some of the um, like user comments about the effects. I loved this. I feel like it's very clearly tongue in cheek. Right. And they sort of, the effects were good enough to service the story. I don't feel that at any point it was like the effects are made to look fantastical and comic booky. Like I'm not expecting realism. I'm not expecting Captain America's civil war level effects. You know what I mean? This is also where we realize that the commander can't fly (laughs) when she's just carrying him. Jetstream has to carry him through the air. But why does his costume have a cape if he can't fly? Like Batman can't fly, but he spends a lot of time in the air. His cape is sometimes a glider. Sure. Why? Why is a ground based hero wearing a cape? (laughs) 
Well, I think maybe because he's constantly being picked up and thrown, like, you know, who, who's to say that his cape doesn't have some sort of, I mean, you know, it just rigid seems like, mode. It, well, and it is, it's a very stiff piece of costuming. I have a note about it later. Oh, yeah. I, it just seems like it gets in the way. It could have been dealt with differently. I yeah. think they just wanted it for the visual and I wasn't here for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, it, they were pretty chunky <laughs> in terms of the proportions. Yes. We get on the bus. Um, that's a super secret school bus yeah. that's picking up select kids mm-hmm. and that will later just drive off an overpass and right. rocket into the air. Again, t- all very tongue in cheek. Anybody who sees this bus on a, on the reg is going to realize something's up. <laughs> well, well, that and also like the bus just seems overtly over engineered for what it's meant to do. Yes. Like, yes, I get that it's a rocket bus, but the fact that like it has to change the school to say sky high on the side it's not necessary. You didn't have to do that. You didn't need to. That's so goofy. Because like what happens when that mechanism fails? This is where my head goes. Yeah. Whoopsie doodle. They nailed all the styling of these kids on this bus, though. This yes. is exactly what high schoolers looked like in the early 2000s. <laughs> because I wanted to look like Zack Attack. I had the little visor things. I bleached my hair. Yeah. I that I that's the aesthetic I wanted. And then, you know, cut to me watching this in the theaters realizing that he's one of the nerds. I was like, "How dare you?" But to your point, when the bus takes off, suddenly everybody's being pushed back and their hair's whipping around. There isn't a window open. Yeah. There's not a window open on this bus. Yeah, there's not. It doesn't make any sense with that. So Ethan gets up and is when he realizes who Will is and is yes. like, do you want to sit where I am? And I was like, you better not send that that black kid to the back of the fucking bus. Do not send the black kid to the back of the bus. I mean, I get it that he's doing it on his own, but like the writers who are not black right. are writing it that way. And yes. that is, and I was like, mm, I was about to be real social justice for a minute. I don't know what you, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but thankfully that didn't happen. It didn't. And instead, Larry hears that Layla and Will are not dating, yeah. whips off his glasses and tosses his very curly, very short hair to yeah. introduce himself. It's a it's it's a, such a goofy moment. Really and I just is. had little Larry bless your heart in my notes. Bless. We get to the school. We meet Gwen Grayson, who's the senior and she's going to be the yeah. freshman liaison and going to give them the tour and everything. And we also meet sort of like the primary bullies. Mm-hmm. Uh, lash and speed i love that speed is a big dude yeah normally big dudes are like the strong ones or they're earth bait whatever whatever yeah and apparently he was just really charming in the auditions and they made the character fit him huh. so good for the actor because i love this as big dude representation for sure yeah and i i for a hot minute was like are, are they making it a joke that he's super fast but he's also a big guy It's never once referenced. That's what I like about it is that it's not played for the joke. And that's where I think that it works. Absolutely. That said, I did begin to wonder what Lash and Speed get up to on their free time together. What the notes come later. Don't worry. I I question their relationship. I think there's a little bit more representation in this for me than uh, maybe the writers intended. But (laughs) Principal Wonder Woman is here. Yes. Principal Powers. Linda Carter. My goodness. I forgot completely that she played the principal in this. All of the adults in this were cast for the adults who would be bringing their kids to see this movie. Absolutely. And they're, and they're casted well. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not to say that like, again, yes, Kurt it's Russell, cheesy, Kelly Preston, kids in the hall, but, but yeah, Bruce Campbell, we've, we've got, yeah, it's, Linda Carter. It's, it's, it's amazing. The references are good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. 
So then we're getting into, you know, the we're still world building here. Yeah. And it's explained that there's power placement, which Layla describes as fascist. In a few moments, you will go through power placement and your own heroic journey will begin. Power placement? It sounds fascist. Power placement is how they decide where you go. The hero track, the loser track. There, there, there's a loser track? I believe the preferred term is hero support. Absolutely, yes, girl, that's what's happening. It is. I'm mixed about Layla's characterization because I hate this trope. Yeah. I hate the uh, hippy-dippy, uh, I'm... I'm a woman and I'm girl power. And For sure. But I don't know. Danielle Panabaker pulls it off. I feel like she, I feel like the writing is a bit heavy handed, but the acting and the directing make up for it. No, I think that that's exactly the case. It's one of those things where it's like, she feels like she has agency and it feels from her perspective, a little bit genuine. Yeah. That's what I think really does sell it because on paper. Yeah. This character is a fucking trope magnet. Absolutely. Like, but she gives, she kind of grounds it a little bit to where you really do think that this is, she believes in the things Absolutely. that she's saying. I love it. And yeah, I, 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 again, with this power placement hero nonsense, like this can't be the first, like this school has been open for, it, I mean, decades, it, right? At least. This is the first time that it's coming up. Well, when you think about the mainstream high school coming of age movie prior to this was very John Hughes, very. Sure you know popular kids versus outcasts like that's breakfast club yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. the dichotomy that is that people are used to and i feel like sort of parallel sociologically speaking in the early aughts we started exploring that a little bit more dynamically yeah than such a you know uh yeah i mean fucking there's an entire revenge of the nerds franchise built on that whole i was gonna concept. say this is effectively breakfast club but with superpowers yeah you could make a lot of uh of straight lines from breakfast club to this absolutely in terms of the characterization and stuff like that for sure uh the sexual tension between will and war and peace is palpable though i will say oh yeah <laughs> I loved it. They just need to get it on. They totally do. Larry coming out as a big rock person. <laughs> I love that as a metaphor. Like, yeah. you know, don't underestimate these geeks. They might be rock hard underneath. Yeah. But his clothes change, but his sticker don't. I, I have that same <laughs> fucking note as like his name tag stayed. And that like, is, is like that a choice he's making. Right. Because what happens to his clothes when it, when he turns back? Exactly. Because like, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it is a choice. He's like, you know what? I'm going to turn into this, but I need to keep the name tag so people know who I am. We get introduced, as I was saying, to War and Peace. It's a funny, I love a good pun. Yeah. I love that it's even an extra layer because his mom is a hero and his dad was a villain mm -hmm. that Will's dad put away, which is why there's this animosity between them that to me, again, reads as uh, hormonal sexual tension. But yeah, Will's so dejected because his powers still haven't manifested. And we get the second appearance of Cloris Leachman on this season of Nonplus. So close. I know. She's a delight, underutilized in this film, just like she was in The Muppets. Absolutely. But she makes the most of this scene. She is probably my favorite character yes. in this entire movie. And even just this one little slice. I wish she but would have yeah. been like a mentor that he could go back to continually. I know, right? Like it would have been nice to at least reutilize her a little bit that way, yeah. especially because she's just so like, you know, hey, kids might die if they fall Who into cares? a vat of acid. Who but cares? like <laughs> maybe you're just a late bloomer. Could get one of them or both. Your mother's flying or your father's super strength. <laughs> but when? The kids who get bit by 
radioactive insects or fall into a vat of toxic waste, their powers usually show up the next day. Or they die. Oh, look at yeah, I feel like this character could be Edna Mode's sister. Oh my god. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, um, can we talk about how Coach Boomer slaps the ass of Coach Boomer? Who is actually a teenage kid. Like that's Yes, it's a teenager. That he, is he some grab ass. sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, for up now, I will say, uh, when I was having my tween uh hormonal pubescent sexual awakening. Sure. I did have a bit of a crush on Coach Fisher. Who but the coach should not be acting on that no, sort of shit. No, you're absolutely like it's, right. It's very inappropriate. Especially when we're already seeing so much of Bruce Campbell's thighs. These kids are already getting too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those thighs are on the loose. Those thighs are go. Why has Will never been in the secret sanctum before this? You would think that if your parents have a pool table and a pinball machine in the basement, that you'd be invited down there from time to time. I also have the same note. That's bananas. <laughs> it's like, why don't you bring your kids down there? It seems like, well, are you just hanging out down in, in the fucking secret scrotum? Like without, <laughs> I thought I was going to get away with that. <laughs> oh my God. You didn't. But yeah, you've got a pool table and like, are are you just hanging out down there without, and you're just leaving your kid upstairs? Right. Come what? on. And uh, we also get the other sort of Batman reference here of the, you know, souvenirs and, and trophies from yeah. previous conquests. That's a very Batcave thing. I love it. I love. I mean, I keep remembering that scene with Kate Blanchett just walking through and Thor Ragnarok pushing yes. over. Fake. <laughs> it's very that. It's yeah, very that. I love it. This is also where we get the idea of the sort of like super family that the commander mm. wants to have. Yeah. So this is it. It's all down here. Our story, your mom and me of, well, kicking butt and taking names. huh? But now it's time for a new chapter in the story. The three of us fighting crime together side by side by side. And his explanation of it just triggered yet another Sondheim reference in my brain for me. Also from Company. Ah. Everyone winks. Nobody's nosy. Side by side. He is just crazy about me. By side. He's a very tender guy. You make the drinks and I'll bring the posy. Side, side by side. He's always there when you need him. By side. I didn't realize. I just thought it was funny that he said it that way. I don't know if it was meant to be a reference, but yeah. it like I immediately started singing the song. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for this section. Well, I mean, we do meet the bad guy who is just right. in, in um, silhouette. With just in silhouette, we don't know their name. We don't necessarily know who this is, but he is he presumably is periodically watching through this robot eye with this jester character, and yeah. we don't get into it until later. But I feel like we could have seen them a little bit more to sort of set up the turn. I feel like, yes, I feel like that's that is, but I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it was one of those things where I put the note down. I was like, okay, finally, we've got an actual villain. Now let's figure out who this villain is because right. clearly it's someone that he knows. Absolutely, Will, Will is knowing. You're right. <laughs> he took it home. Hey, he's got the ego the size of a giant robot. <laughs> <laughs> uncle, uncle, uncle. You ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. 
Will and Layla begin hero support curriculum, where they quickly form friendships with the other sidekicks. One evening, Will confesses to his father that he has no powers. Steve is initially in denial and believes he is just a late bloomer, but Josie eventually convinces him that they will be fine no matter what. One day at lunch, Will accidentally runs afoul of the pyrokinetic Warren Peace, whose supervillain father was locked away by Will's father. Warren attacks Will, who flees, but when his friends become threatened, his super strength powers awaken and he starts to fight back. The fight is stopped by principal powers, but aside from detention, Will is not punished and is moved to the hero course to his father's delight. Will is partnered with Gwen in hero science class and the two of them grow closer, leading to Will hanging out with Gwen's hero friends and spending less time with the sidekicks. To make up for this, Will asks Layla to meet up with him for dinner at the Paper Lantern. However, he forgets about this engagement when Gwen unexpectedly drops in at his house, where she invites Steve and Josie to be guests of honor at the homecoming dance to receive the Hero of the Year Award. Will walks her home, where she gets him to ask her to homecoming. So, we get the tension of Will not having powers after the Sanctum visit. Layla stops by to commiserate. Uh And, you know, even though she's clearly a very powerful plant lady, as we said, in protest, she's she's not here for this. And she supports Will and is trying to convince him to say, you know, to have this conversation to effectively come out to his parents as depowered. Absolutely. Now, when she popped up. Yeah, you had a visceral reaction to her coming on screen on the roof. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and here I am, twenty years later, looking at this character, going, "Holy shit, she's the living embodiment of the Delia's catalog." <laughs> she, and again, another reference that I've hammered on this fucking show multiple times this year. I think she's the she's sprouting florals wherever. She's the assertive girl power girl. Yeah. She's wearing skirts over jeans for some reason, <laughs> and she's always got interesting hairstyles. Like yeah. I could grab. Oh yeah, her hair changes constantly. Anyone. Listening to this, who still has Adelia's catalog, knows exactly what I'm talking about and can probably go pull a reference right out of their closet or where wherever they have it stored. I have no doubt. Yeah. I also like that she can't make lemons. Okay, so you're a sidekick. It's not the end of the world. When life gives you lemons. Make apple juice? <laughs> can't make lemons. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but see, no, you have an awesome power, and you can have made hero easy. I'm not into labels. It's such an odd... Well, it's like life gives you lemons. You know what I mean? Fun yes, little reference. Yes, I get the reference, Clancy. I mean, I th- I'm agreeing that she, you didn't have to explain the lemonade thing to me. Come well, on now. Well, let me break it down like a fraction I for you. I am going to... <laughs> This is ridiculous. It is. Also, she talks about not being into labels. And again, this is where I get like, that's what I used that. That's what I used to say when when I I didn't want to say that I was gay, but that I wasn't. So I'm not into labels. I'm kind of here for whatever. I I love a superhero story. Yeah, I love a superhero story that is an analog for that kind of otherism and coming into your own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe the writers laid some very intentional dialogue parallels because now, again, now, 20 years later, I'm picking up on it. Oh, absolutely. All-American boy. Welcome to Hero Support. My name is... All-American boy. <coughs> of course, nowadays, I... Just go by Mr. Boy. 
You mean Mr. Boy? Mr. Boy. That sounds like a leather power bottom. It's Mr. Boy to you. <laughs> it's Yeah, Cam and Kevin McDonald. Greetings. Little Miss Fire in the Mad Science Lab. No need to panic. Unless you're a single cell organism. Mr. Medulla, we in Hero Support are trained never to panic. <laughs> My bad. I'll get the nurse, unless she's injured. That's Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald, yeah. two kids of the hall. I was delighted to see them both. Yeah. And again, this is where I realized, okay, that I I can see why critics like this movie. I can see the the sort of thought of encouraging the adults and the audience to enjoy this. I just loved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got that new gear that's coming out for that's under our Mister Boy line, which is like <laughs> you know harnesses and stuff like that. You can't it's say super... shit like that because people will believe you. I know. Plancy. It's not true. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the, the, we get this montage of sidekick classes with this, um, again, utility belt, which is a reference, again, to yeah. Batman. Most of the stuff in that belt seems impractical. Oh, At, yes. Throwing that net. How are you going to, like, hip check a net? How are you going <laughs> to hip check that raft? Yeah. None the, of it. Yeah, what? The raft? The grappling hook is the only thing that makes sense in that belt. Yeah. It, it is. It is pretty funny. I do like that when uh, Will explains who he is to uh, Mr. Boy, Mr. Boy, <laughs> that his world crumbles completely when he crumbles. doesn't know when Will doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And I was like, that is fucking awful. And again, and that's basically a Batman and Robin yeah. reference slash parallel, especially when he changes into his outfit, diving behind that like uh, chalkboard or whatever, coming right. back out. Which uh, they get into PE and their first thing is they're practicing their their sidekick quick changes. Yeah. If Will doesn't have powers, how does he manage so fast? A. Yeah. B. What is happening behind that shade and can everyone see everyone change it? Absolutely, because they are on the other side of the shade. Yeah. It would be a different story if like they were going around, but the way that they have everybody staged, they're literally just watching them take off their clothes and put it back on. And one of them doesn't even the glow guy Zach. Yeah. G- goes out into his underwear and then he's embarrassed. That's what I'm saying what is if- like you could brush it away as a oh they're just they're they're doing like a Tasmanian devil type spin, but then he comes out in just his underwear, yeah, with that hairless milky white chest. And I it, I what what are we exposing these super children to? That's all I'm asking. Right, I I, I completely agree. So the sidekicks they're they're becoming friends they're becoming closer yeah madge and zach and ethan and layla and will and they're all sort of studying their sidekick stuff at the house when the commander comes home and this is where i had the note that that cape slack because it's not a cowl because it doesn't go over his head but his cape is kind of like a rubber and the collar of it sticks up just enough into kurt russell's face that it kind of like lifts his chins yeah plural now look i'm knocking on the door of 40 i've got them too and i've had them at least since i was will's age it just seems like a poor costume choice yeah and i and i've actually watched a couple of like special features from a lot of the marvel stuff yeah and then talking about their costumes and how they make them you know these skin tight costumes well, they have not to go look in like and, they're butching up yeah it's a lot of fucking effects work well yeah they have to go in and do a lot of digital editing specifically i'm thinking of falcon and winter soldier yeah when falcon becomes captain america they mimic his his comics costume which has that sort of head sock thing yeah. but on a real human being person when they turn their it head would it, bow out it yeah. bows out in pockets so they have to kind of like smooth it in but here it's just 
rubber collars sticking up yeah. into Kurt Russell's and I mean, it's prob- bodily chin. Again, they probably just didn't have the budget for it or no. the time or whatever. And honestly, it, it works. But you can tell that like on some of it, it's a little bit. You can tell it's airbrushed. Oh, yeah, you can tell sure. that there's. You well, know, no, that padding. was a, that was a full practical suit. I've got a note in the trivia about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. That. I'm saying that the the suit itself was airbrushed. Oh, on. yes, like they used paint on it like that. Yep. And so you can tell if you get too close, there's some imperfections. Now, mind you, this is just HD. This wasn't a 4K re, uh, remaster, on right? This. So I think that did help a little bit on that aspect. Now, to my earlier point, this mm-hmm. is totally a coming out scene. This is Will coming out to his father yeah. as a sidekick. He's yeah. explaining. All of my friends are gay. And his dad's like, yeah, well, gay people ain't so bad. Good for you for being friends to gay people. And then Will's like, well, but what if I was gay? So then you would be fine with if I was a sidekick. Oh, yeah, sure, I guess. Hey, hand me that mayonnaise there. Well, that's good then because, because I am. Am what? A sidekick. Who is me, dad, dad, I'm a sidekick, okay? What? And then he, uh, it's just like all and of this. And then he has a drawer full of phones because apparently he breaks them often. He wouldn't break them so often if he'd look at the fucking phone when he was dialing a number yes. and not just jabbing wildly and blindly yes. at it. What? I don't understand. <laughs> and at least throw that phone in the trash. Why are you throwing it in the drawer? Yeah, but I honestly didn't. That is such an, an an interesting parallel of coming of of that scene as being like a stage as a as a coming out story. Even it's, that late bloomer line, like, yeah. "Oh, I'm not really into girls. I'm into guys." Oh, don't worry, you're just a late bloomer. You'll be into girls later. No, 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 uh, no, no. No, that, that's honestly like kind of <laughs> kind of wild, and I yeah. and it I honestly kind of feels intentional. I, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. So then the parents are discussing it downstairs. And we get this really great practical gag of him driving the pool cue through the cue ball. <laughs> yeah, because again, he's he's mad that his son is gay. I'm sorry, a sidekick, and and just straight right through. It was such, and it was it was delightful to watch. It was. I'm gonna be a nitpicky bitch and say that actually, the pool cue probably would have splintered, and the ball would have just rocketed across the table. It wouldn't have necessarily been driving through the cue ball. Yeah, I mean, who's to say, you know, it's not made of uh, like vibranium. <laughs> Maybe it's made, made of vibranium pool stick. No, I don't think so. It's probably not. That so, said, it did. they did have to use biometrics to, to get the, the pool supplies down. Yes. Which to me is like, why? Right. What? Like, did they, everything did all else stuff, is out in the open. Did all of this stuff get into the sanctum through that bookcase fire pole? Or do they have a freight elevator somewhere that we don't, we aren't aware of? <laughs> I mean, I I guess, but I feel like it's purpose built for this to have. Well, no, because the branded pinball machine earlier, I, I questioned mm. whether or not like, who's that pinball machine for? Yeah. Is he just coming down and being a guy and having a wreck? The pinball machine is there for his ego because it's his and Jetstream's pinball machine. If you yes. look at it, it's them on the machine. <laughs> like okay. you dickwad, let your yeah. child play this pinball Absolutely. machine. What the fuck? And they're just hiding it all downstairs. Yes. Like, come on. So we're back at school. Lash and Speed are still being dicks, but now they're teasing Ron the bus driver. Mm-hmm. And Will is standing up even for Ron the bus driver. Yeah. And Ron thanks him. And Will's like, hey, no prob, buddy. And gently pats his right boob. It's <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Hey, Ron. No worries, Ron. Okay, let me t- Ron. Let me tap that titty. Let me tap that tit. <laughs> now, this is also where I had the note. I, hey, 
You remember that one scene in The Boys where they're at their that medical site and all those people who've had the stuff tested on them and their weird powers and the one guy gets yes. choked out by the long penis? Mm-hmm. You know Lash has done <gasps> that with his penis. And oh. also, you know that he's probably showed it off to speed. And you know... Like that, I'm telling you, there has to be some sort, especially with Speed's luscious lips. There are some shenanigans between these two boys that yeah. are a little bit less than heterosexual, if you ask me. I'm just saying, you know, when Lash like, got his powers, he said, "Hey, look, Speed," and smacked him across the face with his dick. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And the thing is, he can't make it like girthier because, like, whenever he's stretching around, it's the same proportions. Right. It's just extruded. And so, like, uh, yeah, I'm telling be- you, in the locker room at this school, there's yeah. there's a snake dick running there's around tapping dick. nerds on the back. Oh, my God. Um, we get the big fight between Will where his powers manifest. It's yeah. him and War and Peace. I like this whole scene. I like the clash between yeah. them. I like what it's setting up. I like how mm-hmm. Will sort of comes into his own. And I love the way that Linda Carter can arch an eyebrow. Where's your sidekick? Sidekick. Right here. Yeah. Them alone. He's strong. I'm strong. He's super strong. Oh yeah. When she comes in at the when end. When she comes in, Ooh. yeah. I mean, I liked that before Will figured out that he's getting his powers here. That he was trying to go for the fire alarm so that the sprinklers would turn on and yeah. put him out. I thought that was clever. Very smart. It was, again, it was fun. And like, it was a good turn for Will to get his powers. Absolutely. Yeah. But I have a hard time believing that even as seniors, Lash and Speed aren't more routinely punished for their shit dickery. Because yeah. they're tripping people all over the place. They're fucking with people. You're not supposed to use your powers outside of the gym. Like, yeah. why... Is are there no teachers in this lunchroom? Is no one paying well, attention well, to these misbehaving like super children? Is it like Hogwarts that after a certain year you can then start using your powers outside I don't of know. class? I will say this is a better Harry Potter story than Harry it Potter. It absolutely is. I I have a note about that too. It's too. like this is this is so much better than Harry Potter. Absolutely. Yeah. The, there's this one line where Speed says something about Will's big mouth. Yeah. Oh, you just think you're so big and bad, huh, Stronghold? No, I, I Please. Don't. Will will totally take you. Yeah, you saw what happened to Warren? You want a piece of that? You better watch it, Stronghold. If that big mouth is going to get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I didn't say any. Why don't we settle this in PE? They're definitely flirting. Oh, absolutely. Speed has them big old lips. <sighs> That's why Lash and Speed want Will to be, you know, a cool hero guy so that they can, you know, see what sort of fun they can get up to as a little menage hero toi i don't know yeah speed just wants him to pick him up i'm I'm just this is what i'm saying they're they're trying to have Mm -hmm. they're trying to experiment absolutely they're trying to play mad scientists together because why would you be trying to make like you know the special friendship in the bathroom this is what i'm saying yeah we get the save the citizen game where now Warren and Will have to team up. Yeah. Again, another fun scene. Yeah. Learning to use your powers, learning to work together. And they ultimately end up winning because uh, Will picks up Warren and chucks him across the spinning blade thing to capture the citizen doll. Yeah, which is very much like get help from Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. Hey, let's do get help. What? Get help. No. Come on, you love. 
Harvard. I hate it. It's great. It works every time. It's humiliating. Do you have a better plan? No. We're doing it. We are not doing get help. Get help! Please! My brother's dying! Get help! Help him! Oh, classic. Oh, still hate it. There's a lot of Ragnarok references here. I feel like maybe Taika Waititi was uh, um, inspired by I must High. say. I must. Yes. And then um, as, you know, the Gwen comes over, the parents are smitten. I'm getting big American Beauty vibes with Kurt Russell and Gwen. Did you ever oh, see him? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, gross. It is gross, right? He's so excited to, that Gwen asked them to homecoming. Yeah. And he's fawning over his own past to Gwen. Mm-hmm. Completely blind to the fact that, spoiler alert, she, like, she, because that's what she would have looked like when they were in high school. That's what she did yeah. look like when they were in high school. How are Josie and Steve this face blind? Yeah. And this is where I think I, I turned to you and I was like, Gwen's the villain. Yes. You thought it was Professor Medulla previously. For a hot second, mainly because in the silhouette, the the hood looked bigger. Yeah. We we love a good turn. But this is also where we come to find out that Jim Rash is playing Gwen's dad, that Jim Rash has looked like Dean Pelton for 20 years. Yes. And if you know who Jim Rash is and you're just now seeing this film, suddenly all of it clicks and you do realize that Gwen is the villain because... Now you go, of course, Jim Rash is playing this jester character. That's absolutely Jim Rash. Why has he never played the Joker? Because he's doing this phenomenally. Yeah, he is dancing through this entire movie. And it is, he is 100% there. I love him getting choked out. Absolutely. Like all of that commitment. I have to believe that somebody, when they were casting Community, looked at this film and went, oh, yes, that's our Dean Pelton. That's our Dean Pelton, (laughs) for sure. Can we talk about how they have a class for kids to make weapons? Well, it's more of a lesson in rays and the types of rays. Okay, how's, how's that? Perfect. If you're building a heat ray. <laughs> you're supposed to be building a freeze ray. Okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Dreadful technique. You confuse rays with beams. We're, when you're in a powered school, yeah. you're the... The, the individuals are already as dangerous as any, you know, sciencey thing that you can make. Right. But I love a technomancer. For sure. And but but the the thing that was getting to me is like the superhero is going to use his powers. So if this is truly like a school to help you realize how to use your powers appropriately. Why are, why are you making rays of any sort? Right. The fact that the tracks are sidekick or hero and the classes are all the same. Like, I feel like there should be more granularity is, my, is where I'm at. I, I feel you. I feel you there. Yeah. I almost I almost want an expansion to this. I almost want a comic book to go and read. I would love and learn this as a TV this. show. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yep. All right. You ready for part three? Let's do it. At the Paper Lantern, Layla confesses to Warren, who works there, that she has loved Will for a long time. And Warren encourages her to ask him to homecoming. Upon learning that Will is going with Gwen... Layla says she is going with Warren as an attempt to make Will jealous. Gwen asks Will if the homecoming committee can meet at his house while his parents are out on a mission, and he agrees, but it becomes an all-out party. Gwen asks if there's somewhere they can be alone, and Will takes her to the secret sanctum, where they kiss as Royal Payne's pacifier is swiftly stolen in the background. Layla enters the party to find Will and is confronted by Gwen, who lies that Will wants nothing to do with her. When Will realizes what happened, he breaks up with Gwen, and as his parents arrive, they end the party. 
Will decides to not go to homecoming, but while looking through one of his parents' old yearbooks, he comes across a girl named Sue Tenney that his father mentioned earlier who disappeared before his graduation. Seeing a resemblance between her and Gwen and realizing that the pacifier is gone, Will deduces that Gwen is Royal Payne's daughter and heads to Sky High to stop her, calling on Ron Wilson to take him there. It's very telling that this movie was written prior to the proliferation of cell phones among teens. Yeah. Because I feel like if Layla had a cell phone, she would have just called Will and been like, hey, this where are you? Easy, yeah, this would have been an easy solve. Super easily resolved, especially because later when Will tries to meet her there to apologize yeah. after all of this nonsense, he's got a cell phone. And I'm pretty sure we had the same one. Yeah. Her getting stood up in that paper lantern yeah. was kind of heartbreaking i was like oh man it was you know what else is heartbreaking mm -hmm. that that young boy is wearing a sleeveless shirt to work in a restaurant that can't be sanitary <laughs> what if his pit hair falls out into the the mushu port yeah fair that's yeah. nasty it is that's i mean at least he has nasty. his hair up in this, this is true yeah. he has his hair up i will say that the manager shouting at him out of the kitchen was one of the funniest things of this movie oh it absolutely was <laughs> it was delightful now, we were about to call shade on Warren suddenly being deeply philosophical. Yeah. You know what I think? To let true love remain unspoken is the quickest route to a heavy heart. Wow. That is really deep. Yeah. And your lucky numbers are 4, 16, 5, and 49. <sighs> But then the writing turned it around on us and he's absolutely reading a fortune from a fortune cookie. And it was delivered Clever. so well. It was funny. It was the so one time good. that I was like laughed out loud because it was like, okay, yes, this is, this is delightful. Yeah. And we get this fun turn where, where Willis slowly becoming quote unquote, a popular kid. Yeah. But it, kind of just being a clueless dick and Warren isn't so much a bully as he is just a grumpy sensitive guy because everybody surrounds him at their table or well, at sure. his table. I loved that scene. Well, and, and I would be the same way if I was in Warren's position where, and yeah, tensions are a little bit high. I see the motivation of his character. It makes sense. His whole vibe is just hot. Hot. I mean, literally, literally, literally hot. But I love when he's when he's getting annoyed with Layla's plan and asks if anyone else needs a date for homecoming. And Ethan raises his hand. Yes, fucking love it. The Ethan's like, I'll go to I'll go to homecoming with you, Warren. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> and again, it's there's there's no joke other than I don't have a date. I'll go with you. Like it's yeah, it's the turn of the expectation and not like they don't. Nobody calls Ethan a fag. You know what I mean? Like right. they don't. The, the queerness of it, just like with Speed being a big guy and it not being the butt of the joke. Right. There's something very unique about the execution of this movie that I think deserves at least appreciation, if not revisiting. I yeah. have, again, the, get, the 20 years on or almost 20 years on watching this movie, I feel like it was kind of progressive. It was. I my The only problems that I had were really just the every time that Will would see Gwen and it would go into the, like the fucking like vignette with the music behind it was just like, OK, we get it. We get it that he's straight and wants. I feel Gwen, like they could have like, amped it up a little bit more to get a little bit Scott Pilgrimy with the execution. That would have been better. But this it really it, it almost kind of seemed a little bit pervy. Uh, oh, at fair times. enough. And so like. <laughs> 
No, that's right. That's pa- fair. That's part of it was fair. just like, uh, okay. Yeah, like especially in the beginning when she's talking and he just kind of completely yeah. zones out. No, you're absolutely right. And again, this is before we knew that she was a villain, but she's trying to explain, hey, here's what you need to do on your first day. And then he doesn't get any of it because he's not listening because she's so pretty. Right. Like, yeah. When Layla is trying to put up this whole facade about dating Warren or whatever, and yeah. she calls him a cutie and he's so mad about it. <laughs> Let's go, Stronghold. Only two days to your mad science midterm, and I am not going to rest until you can build a ray gun blindfolded. Cutie, so I was just thinking about you. I cannot wait until homecoming. I'm so excited. I finally got what she's done. Ow. Never call me cutie. Like, uh, but you are a cutie, Warren. Yes, Embrace he is. Embrace it. Embrace your cuteness. It's totally fine. With your little, like, Rufio streak mm-hmm. in your hair. Yes. So we're back at Will's house after school. Yeah. And again, amazing design work for this film because there's an Aquabats poster, a uh, Tenacious D poster, yeah. a Blink-182 poster. It is absolutely 2004 when this was filmed. Yeah, they they there's a lot of there's a lot of references. And yes. now mind you, I've never been in a in a in a in a boy's bedroom. Um that's a lie. Uh <laughs> I've never been in a boy's bedroom that looks like that. Like, like that has like posters and shit on the wall. Like oh, I never was, had that, that growing was up. Definitely my bedroom. When I yeah, was growing I, up, I never did anything. And then maybe it was because I was, you know, into computers and music. And so there was a degree of like, I didn't really care about decorating the space other than just, you know, making stuff in it. But we like, literally just called out three different bands show posters. If you were into music, it wouldn't have seemed so odd to have show. No, posters but for sure. But like, but I didn't ever like I never decorated rooms like that or like I never decorated my bedroom. Sure. Truly. And like, so it's always seemed like a sort of movie trope to me re- mm. versus real life. That's kind of where I'm at. Got it. Well, I mean, not for nothing, visual language, it tells something about the character and what oh, their interests for sure. are. It yeah. informs a little bit of the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It, it's, it's more showing and not telling yeah, uh, in terms absolutely. of who he is for sure. So Gwen convinces him to let the homecoming committee come over a, why are there still homecoming committee meetings the night before homecoming? Right. Because well, no, there was an emergency because of a, a decoration thing. Oh, right. And, so and then, of it, course, they brought all the decorations over to have this party because where's this lighting and music equipment coming from? Well, the lighting is coming from that one guy that is staring in, like, has, like, laser eyes into that oh, crystal, who then proceeds right. to look into that crystal for the, the rest of the party because <laughs> he would have to continue doing that. Like, how, how... How crappy is is that? Yes. To be like, okay, this is my life is ambience. Also, how crappy is it to walk by a party you know you probably should have been invited to? Oh, Holy yeah. shit. And meanwhile, like, as Layla's approaching, the reason Gwen and Will aren't present is because Will has taken Gwen to check off Sanctum. Yes. Check off Scrotum, if check you will. Check off Scrotum. Wow. Yep, well, when you spend your whole life kicking butt and taking names, I guess you make a lot of memories. <laughs> Maybe we should make a few of our own. Because earlier, when the commander says, don't ever bring anyone down here, you know he's going to bring somebody down here. The first here thing we he are, does. And she distracts him by asking him to go get some diet caffeine-free orange soda. 
Yeah. Which is basically orange juice and diet Sprite. It, you know what? It's Fresca. But come to find out, she's the villain. So it makes sense. You just said but come. Moving on. <laughs> if I were in high school and there was a party at the house of my lifelong friend and anybody but that friend tried to tell me to get the fuck out, I would drag a bitch. Absolutely. I would absolutely drag a bitch. Do you know how many times I've shit in that downstairs toilet? Fuck you for telling me to get out of here. Yes. Fuck you. It's one of those things where I understand why Layla gets gets hurt by the situation, but part of me is like will hasn't really done anything wrong he's just been clueless he's been clueless he's been uh, you know they've been friends for a long time not to say that layla owes him anything because she doesn't sure but at the same time he's not doing anything wrong here and the fact that she's getting mad at him but he's not considering the feelings of his friends absolutely and that's which but, is but he's also arguably. not getting the opportunity to do that because if he was upstairs during that conversation, he would 100% have backed Layla. Well, and he does because he he dumps Gwen right before the homecoming on the spot, on the spot because yeah. how dare you fuck up my friendship? Exactly. Um, you know, with my bestie or whatever. But to your point, how is Will just realizing that this hero sidekick dynamic is toxic? Yeah. Like it's been evident to literally everyone else. She said at the beginning, this is fucking fascist. Yeah. So it really is just him only concerned with his own problem mm -hmm. not having powers suddenly having powers and not really seeing the impact of his action on his friends right speaking of Lil larry mm -hmm. with his curly red hair and his glasses is wearing an abercrombie and fitch shirt okay you know anf especially with how the how much mo money this movie made in the critical reviews they could not have been happy about little larry being in that shirt because there's a whole ass documentary about how abercrombie and fitch was only for hot people and how terrible it was <laughs> Yeah. Like you, you weren't even hired as a retail associate, which is funny because they never wear shirts in their ads. So I don't understand like what they're selling. I, but anyways. That was my point <laughs> in high school, but I was still getting their catalogs to beat off to. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean, take what you get. You take what you can get. So when he's downstairs after the party and he's not going to homecoming and yes. he's flipping through that uh, yearbook. Yes. I was like, they see that Gwen, he realizes that Gwen is an imposter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I was like, you know, I called that out, but I do like that, especially in sort of a comic booky sort of sense, the lighting changes when he makes that realization that the pacifier is gone. Yeah. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And it, it's just like, that's absolutely what you would do in a comic strip. Like you would have the focus shift change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I thought that that was really, really fun. Agree. Um, and they and do that a couple of times. They do. And just before that moment, when Will has like reached out to Layla to meet back at the paper lantern, yeah. Warren is working again. This time he's got sleeves on. Great. Right. Medulla is out to dinner with Coach Boomer, and Medulla's got two hot twins, and Boomer is uh, alone on his side of the booth. Yeah. Love that. Love that Will and Warren both have cute little butt chins, and this entire scene, I just <laughs> wanted them to kiss. I just felt like they needed to kiss right then and there. That's, that's all I have. Let's that's pretty let's much it. Let's, let's pull this train into the station. At the homecoming dance, during the award presentation for Steve and Josie, Gwen reveals her mantle as royal pain and uses the pacifier to turn everyone in the gym into babies. Warren, Layla, and the sidekicks escape the gym, where they reunite with Will, who apologizes to the sidekicks for his behavior and shares a kiss with Layla. As Will goes to confront Gwen, Speed, Lash, and Penny arrive to battle the others, during which Penny reveals that Gwen sabotaged the school's anti-gravity system which will cause it to fall down to earth in 10 minutes. As the de-aged heroes are loaded into a bus, Will confronts Gwen, who reveals the truth about her villainous past. 
She and Will fight, and she eventually throws him off the school, but he survives after awakening to his mother's power of flight. Bus driver Ron Wilson stops Stitches from taking the babies, and Will defeats Gwen, but the school starts falling. Will tries to slow the school's descent as sidekick Magenta destroys the anti-grav sabotage device before impact. The pacifier is reconfigured to return the babies to their original ages, and Steve and Josie present the Hero of the Year award to the sidekicks, whom they recognize as full-fledged heroes. The homecoming dance resumes as a celebration, and Will and Layla share a kiss in midair. This whole royal pain reveal. Yeah. And to mark this occasion, we planned a special tribute to the most powerful super being ever to walk the halls of Sky High. Me! is a girl. Yes, I'm a girl, you idiot. Phenomenal because it it gives vibes of the um type A homecoming planner girl. Mm-hmm. Real like she's orchestrated this whole thing for her revenge, but also we see this kind of pair like this was supposed to be my moment parallel through all of these kind of high school coming of age movies. Oh, yeah. Her branding is very laser tag. She's put so much of the homecoming budget into ordering all of this signage that is just her villain branding. One has to question, again, where were any of the adults <laughs> in any of this planning to not go, hmm, something seems a little fishy. Something well, seems a little off. But I think because she's a techromancer that she probably, because when she, when she, when it all comes in, tech, I think she. Hold on. Technomancer, not techromancer. Those are two different things. One person creates uh machines uh sort of uh supernaturally the other one fucks machines <laughs> all right nerd um the she she changes i think the things that are up there to do that so oh. i don't think that they were there i think that she uses her powers to then morph the signage into my question pain. stands why is her aesthetic laser tag <laughs> I mean, <laughs> also that, but like, you know, it's, it's cute. It's fun. And, and then I, Jim Rash really gets to literally stretch his legs as stitches. Oh, yes. As he prances around collecting all of these babies. There's a joke about car seats that's mm-hmm. only for the adults in the room. <laughs> it, and I get well, this. And is especially where the- for, for her, where she is literally controls technology yes. and she can't figure out seatbelts. That's bananas. Delightful. This is where I had the note. How has Jim Rash never played the Joker? At least even in voicing. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Can we talk about the infrastructure that they had in place for bringing all those babies to the, to the bus? The phrase you used earlier was over engineered in yeah. reference to the bus. This <laughs> baby a, 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 a ba- gondola system. Yeah. Like, yes, this car seat gondola system into this school, but it, it's all a whole bunch of goofy malarkey. It was funny. It really I, 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 fun. I was, I was not sad about it. Um, I was perhaps bemused. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But Gwen slash Royal Payne is walking down the stairs as the babies are getting loaded and she's carrying the commander. Mm-hmm. This whole look seems like it's come off of like season three of RuPaul's Drag Race because she's in those platform boots. Oh my God. Yes. And it's it, as she's sort of doing her monologuing to the little to the wee little babby. And mm-hmm. this is when she reveals that, 
you know, she was de-aged and she was trying to recruit villains. No one could defeat royal pain. When the pacifier exploded, I wasn't destroyed. I was merely turned into a baby. Stitches took me away and raised me as his daughter. Daddy's little girl. <laughs> Told you never to call me that! Lunatic. That's right. Royal Pain wasn't my mother. Royal Pain is me! Oh my god. I mean, I was an old lady. Still not as bad as blank check. Still not as bad. No, absolutely. Still not as bad as blank check. But also the the fact that like when it pans down to baby commander, he smiles, he smiles, which is fucking weird looking. It is that was the worst. Looking. All the effects up to this point have been fine. That, that was where smiled. I draw. Yep. I draw the line at the smile. Cut back to the sidekicks trying to solve the, the issue of the anti-grav. Yeah. Um, Madge has to turn into her guinea pig form to go through the pipes Delightful. to get to the thing. It, this whole scene is super cute, but there's a weird part where Zach mentions her cute little legs. Here's the anti-gravity room. But didn't Royal Pain seal off every route? Hey, what about this conduit? Yeah, right. You'd have to be like a rat to fit in there. Oh, great. This is so stupid. Okay. Okay, you're doing great, Magenta. Looks great. Look at those cute little legs. He's look, I get it. He's got a crush on her. They end mm-hmm. up dancing later, yeah. but he's literally talking about perhaps in a somewhat sexual way, legs of a guinea pig. Well, the, nope. Yeah. I mean, we ain't doing that. Got it. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. What line, are we, what line are we getting real close to here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also like, the pacifier gun looking like a nipple. Like yeah. it's, a, it's literally a tit. It's literally a boob. With a, a with a hard nip. Just back to Magenta for one quick moment. When yeah. we, we've got a practical guinea pig, which we find out at the end of the credits was not harmed during the making of this film. Mm-hmm. And then when that guinea pig needs to chew through the wire of the device that's sabotaging the anti-grav. Yeah. It turns into this Brillo pad looking puppet with big ass teeth. Those old teeths. I was terrified. You found it adorable i thought the little teeth going i thought it was super cute but yeah no i i get where you're coming from it, well, it's but just yeah. the, the most terrifying of muppets uh, chewing on that wire yeah during the fight will gets tossed out no! and there goes your last chance of stopping We'll see about that. <laughs> Surprise? So am I. Why? I believe he can fly. I believe that he touched the sky. I think about this at least today. <laughs> Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can If you're wondering, friends, yes, he's like this all the time. <laughs> um... Again, great fight scene as all of this happens. We get um, Layla really coming into her own as this. I mean, she's dressed as fucking Demeter, goddess of plants and shit, like with this accordion material and the cording all around her waist and the red hair. And then she she's basically good girl poison ivy as she holds down Penny. And all all of this is just it's great. I love it. Will ends up saving the day. Mm-hmm. He goes, he catches the school just before it falls upon this house. And as Magenta chews through the um, sabotage device, takes it back up into the air. Yeah. 
And then there's, we have to solve the problem of the babies. But thankfully, Dr. Medulla is still a super smart baby. He still has his power, his big giant brain. So you this know. looked creepy as fuck. It was hilarious. It was. But Kevin McDonald with that big head on a baby's body. Ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous. I, I will have nightmares about this going forward. But this line delivery. Now what? It's me. Perhaps I can be of assistance. It should only take me a couple of hours to reconfigure the pacifier. Mr. Peace, would you please carry me to the mad science lab? Sure. And Mr. Peace? Yeah. Regrettably, I have made boom boom. Favorite joke <laughs> in the film. And he delivers it with the aplomb of someone who's been doing comedy for half of his Absolutely. life. They have a new series of kids in the hall on Amazon. Oh, that like just came out. I think earlier this year that I need to watch. It's got yeah. the whole original cast. And then as this is all wrapping up and Will says that he's, you know, it's his fault because he took Gwen into the secret scrotum. Yeah. I had to wonder whether or not this was a thinly veiled abstinence metaphor. <laughs> I mean, if, if I hadn't taken a girl downstairs, none of this would have happened. These babies wouldn't have happened. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Did they did they consider that? Was that? <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. And, you know, honestly. It's high school. It's high school. It's high school. It's high school. We get this line from Principal Powers. What a waste. I can't do anything more to help you. I'm not Wonder Woman, you know. <laughs> I went through puberty twice for this. And, oh, yes. And we all become the Leo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme um, because she is Wonder Woman. Get it? Yeah. Um, but for now, all of these villains are in the detention, which I guess depowers like that room must depower people once the door is locked. Yeah, this it's an inhibitor. Like, again, they are laying the groundwork for the MCU here. <laughs> And then they do end up getting imprisoned. Yeah. The comic panels at the end make all of the kids look twice their age. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the soundtrack feels way too 80s for a 2000s movie. But it makes me wonder, and I think maybe this was true, that sort of the early 2000s were when the 80s were getting a little bit rehashed. A little bit. Because well, in the 90s is when the 70s were getting and rehashed. And this is when there's a lot of influence of John Hughes sure. in this. And thus the 80s time period. Uh, in terms of the music choices, because most of the music in it, it, none of it, none of it's really recent. None of, no. none of it's none of it's of the time. It's almost all 80s covers. Is yeah, my point. Absolutely. Which makes me wonder, like, clearly they're still trying to, you know, keep the adults in the room entertained. And oh, for sure. It. Yeah. But that was sky high. That was fun. I, li I liked it. I don't want to say phenomenal. It's it's not. It's, it's, a fun, it's, it's a fun. It's a fun movie. I, again, I didn't. It, it, now that you've pointed out all of the, you know, the, the sort of <laughs> now that I've gay undertones. No, I don't okay, think so. Good, 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 good. Uh, I think that that it gives me a little bit more appreciation for for this because, again, I was kind of like, yeah, this is fine. Again, I think it was progressive for its time. Think yeah. about the casting. It's not for a Disney movie. It's not all white folks. No. Um, they're exploring social dichotomies and there are people who look different on both sides yes. of that dichotomy. Yes. I, I really, I, 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 again, I think it was underappreciated in its time. And to For that sure. point, um, the budget was 35 million. It made 86.4. So it still did well, but then again, it, like it was a, it was a late summer film. I'm kind of surprised that it was, it was that cheap to make. Honestly, it looked like it was more expensive. I think a lot of the effects were practical. Yeah. Except for the ones that couldn't be like, Little Leroy, little Larry turning into a Rockman. Yeah, for sure. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics have it at 73%. Matt Singer from The Village Voice said, my 12-year-old self would have liked this movie a lot. 
The 25-year-old me likes it a bit more than he cares to admit. That was in August of 2005. Same Matt Singer. I I was only a couple years younger than Matt was at the time, and I feel like I walked out of of this movie relatively uh, amused, just like I did today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mark uh, Savlov from the Austin Chronicle uh, said, It's inoffensive and sports a positive be-yourself message that's obvious enough to be seen from space without the benefit of hero vision. But really, there's that's... There's very little that's super about it. Oh, eh, he gave down, it a 1.5 out of five. I think that that there is, are worse is, superhero movies than this. Mark he, Savlov. Get ready, kids. I mean, next week we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Joe Layden, a variety smartly written and sprightly played sky high satisfies with a clever commingling of spoofy superheroic school days, hijinks and family friendly coming of age dramedy. Yeah, Agreed. That's sure. where I fit with it. Now yeah. that said. Yeah, viewers, viewers 75%. Yeah, and this is kind of wild because honestly, I feel like the rose colored glasses of youth would help this movie be more respect or uh, respected by viewers sure. than the critics. Uh, so, anyways, we'll start with Connor R. He gave it five stars, and this was six days ago. Yeah, earlier this week. Yeah, he said, This movie is funny and has a lot of action for a Disney movie. It's a classic, too. And I remember seeing this in the theaters when I was a kid. Five stars. It's also a good superhero movie too, which yeah, yeah. I think Connor, uh, if you're listening, who knows? Uh, agreed. I don't know about five stars, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Declano R on December 30th of 2019 said, "Great movie, very epic, but gave it half a star." I don't think I think he misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> uh, Anna S uh, in 2019 gave it five stars. Says slaps harder than the Avengers. In some aspects, absolutely, because the original Avengers, which is a Joss Whedon joint, is problematic. Yeah, it it can't. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. An Age of Ultron is. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, January 20th, 2013, Antonio T gave it four stars and said, La he visto unos cuarentas veces literalmente. Entretenimiento idiota pro, which is all Spanish. Obviously, there were a lot of Spanish having a stroke. There were a lot of Spanish reviews, which makes me wonder if it was like running on um, Spanish language TV a lot, maybe yeah. in the early to mid 2000s. Well, and it's Kurt Russell, too. I feel like there's a, a degree of like international appeal, uh, with, appeal him. with this. A la yeah. David Hasselhoff mm-hmm. in Germany. Got Absolutely. it. But to translate, that says I've seen this 40 times, literally pure idiotic entertainment. Perfect. Agreed. Four stars. Agreed, Antonio. Yeah. No awards to speak of, but some fun trivia. This is about Kurt Russell's suit, like I was saying. Cool. It had a cooling system, huh. a tube where iced water circulated, but Kelly Preston's didn't because it was too tight. Uh, <sighs> yeah. We can only get so far away from, we can only get from so misogyny. Far. According to actors who auditioned for various roles in the production, the main children's parts were uh, contracted for not only a sequel, but possibly a television series for Disney for the Disney Channel. It would have made a great TV show, and I still think they could do it, but they're probably too deep in the paint on Marvel now. I feel like yes, you're absolutely right, but I still don't. I still think Disney Disney Channel still does things that are kind of yeah, you're not uh, superhero superhero fantasy, sci-fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, feel like, like they could. Yeah, they could do a mini series at least, like a six episode, just like they're doing with the Marvel stuff for sure. And it would be like you know. Uh, Sky Junior High or something, you know what I mean? It like, could they still could, be Sky High, but yeah. Sky High the series, kind of like High School Musical, the musical, the series, the musical, the High School, the musical the series. 
I had another stroke. As shown in the deleted scenes, which aren't on Disney Plus, but are apparently on the home release, yeah. Royal Payne's costume was originally purple and gold, while Stitch's was green. Both costumes were changed to black and gold in post-production. Wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some listeners might be wondering why we haven't mentioned this yet, and it's because we put it in the notes here. So many of these stars have yeah. done many other comic book properties. Mary oh, yeah. Elizabeth Winstead, famously, She's Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim, mm -hmm. and she's the Huntress in Birds of Prey. I love it. Um, like half of her fucking professional film career is playing superheroes. Yes. Um, Kurt Russell was Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And then Danielle Panabaker played Caitlin Snow, aka Killer Frost, on The Flash, Arrowverse, like oh, all of those. Oh, that's she's cool. on those yeah. as Killer Frost. Um, and then near the beginning, you uh you mentioned the Big Trouble in Little China call out. Yeah, this is a darkly ironic call out. Uh oh, the commander comes in and says that they saved the Superdome from collapsing. And this was month, one month before Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and severely damaged the Superdome. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight. Yeah, well, it's um, like all those movies that after after 9-11 uh, uh, that they literally had to go back and edit out the skylines or a lot of them just didn't do very well because, they had to re-edit yeah. the first spider-man film yep because you remember the extended scene that was the first trailer that yeah. where he caught a helicopter between the two towers and the mm -hmm. web yeah that i think e that delayed the release of that film because oh yeah because you'd have to take that entire scene out yeah mm. well not to end on a downer <laughs> but um, again, really enjoyed this. This was a, yeah. a fun watch. This was this was definitely fun. I enjoyed this. It was better than the last movie we watched. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that as as a non Marvel superhero movie, I think this was cute for Disney. Absolutely. Great. I love it. And if you're eager for more superhero content, don't worry. As we said earlier, it is superhero September here on Nonplussed, and for our next episode. We will be tackling the 2015 film Fantastic Four. Yeah, which apparently is stylized as Fant Four Stick. <laughs> five now, dog five. <laughs> five now, dog five. Five now, dog five. Um, we normally don't give you that much of a preview, but we thought, hey, um, we've seen Mr. Fantastic recently in the MCU. Yeah. This film has just come up on the platform, so why not torture ourselves? Neither of us has or no, you saw I, it. I, I saw it because I, I went through and I watched all of the all of the Fantastic Four movies, uh, and then I watched this one and uh I regretted it. So I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to our take on it. How about that? Absolutely. All right, Clancy, where can they find us on social media? Um, well, they can find us at nonplusspod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes. And if you want to send us suggestions or comment on our comments or just say hello, you can do so at submissions at nonpluspod.com. Yep. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And finally, we mentioned Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Strange Mom. Yep. We're doing Patreon. We're coming in on the home stretch of Marvel's Inhumans over on patreon.com slash making mischief. I can't wait to be done with it. <laughs> we've we've got two episodes to watch, which means one more Patreon episode to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, mm, if, if for those of for those of you who've stuck through it, thank you. We hope it's been worth your Patreon. We, and we have plans to do something <laughs> similar to this, but with better content. Yes. So looking uh, forward to yeah, that. So we'll uh, we'll share that. 
suit. Soon. Yeah. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my shirtless husband, Josh. And we are non-plussed. I don't know. I'm not. Not so- about this. No, this, this is great. All right. This is okay. Yeah. People are probably a little non-plussed about why you've called out that I'm shirtless uh, here at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, I've but- just been looking at your nipple this entire time. <laughs> Pacifier? Yeah. You've been looking at the pacifier the entire time? <laughs> Gross. Bye. bacon and toast eggs bacon and toast you gotta start your day the gurgish way with eggs bacon and toast oh i'm sorry it's fine this is gonna go in the outtakes anyway (laughs) smartly written and sprightly played sky high satisfies with a clever coming with a clever coming mean cunning lingus don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your App Store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers! Bye! Bye.